0: Amen. Praise the Lord. How's everyone this morning? Amen. You know how you were saying you need people to talk back to you when you preach? (laughs) That's how I am. But I'm glad to be here. Um, Definitely an honor and a privilege to be here and just to be with family, be among family. And, you know, years ago, I did not know the fullness of the connection, did not know what God was going to do, and I'm already like way down in my notes, but I didn't know (laughs) what God was going to do when I met, um, I'll say giving Light, when I met ITC, when I met the the apostles. I didn't know what God was going to do. And the funny part about it is you all (laughs) were totally different from what I was used to. (laughs) So I said, okay, God, um, you're connecting me with folks that I'm not, you know, I'm just not comfortable with, you know, the jumping and the, you know, that type of flow. And I said, God, what are you doing? Because I I came up in a a black Pentecostal church where you run around the church and you do backflips and, you know, stuff like that. And that was good church. But as I've grown and matured in God, I'm like, wow, there's so many different cultures in God. There's so many different facets of God. There's so many different expressions of worship. And now I can come in here and I can get with Tracy and I can, you know, do her moves. And and, and, and I'm just excited to be in the presence of the Lord. Amen? (laughs) Amen. So I know you said I was free. So I I do want to minister to the two of you, if you don't mind, as as my mama and my papa, um, just something that I saw. Um, actually, right before you introduced me, I saw the two of you, and it was as if you were on a cliff. And I said, well, why is my parents on a cliff? What's happening? And I saw the two of you grab hands, and I heard the voice of the Lord say, are you ready to go deeper? And, and I said, okay, God. And, and I saw, as the Lord said, are you ready to go deeper? The two of you went like this and went in. And as you went in or went deep, there were voices Meaning there were different individuals that your lives were going to begin to impact new people. And I heard the Lord say that he's just preparing your voices. And yes, your voices are already global. But God said there's a new realm of people, a new culture of people that he's calling you to. And I I just felt that very strong when he said, are you ready to go deeper? Because you've already paved the way. You've already poured out. And God said there's even a greater outpouring that he's pouring on the two of you that you'll begin to outpour onto others. So I just really felt that. So, Father, I thank you for, for these leaders. I thank you for them taking the plunge. I thank you for them just diving deep into the things of God that you have ordained. And I even heard the Lord say that there's even new books that will be written uh, through the two of you. I even see generational books um, soon to be birthed. And I see where God is going to use your voices. And I heard God say there's a new culture and a new DNA that he's put inside of you that you will put inside of others. It will be so much so that you'll hear your sons and your daughters speak and you'll think it's yourself. And God said, I'm I'm giving you a distinct voice, a distinct sound. And God said, I'm I'm reproducing that sound in so many individuals individuals that are now now hungry for the kingdom of God. So, Father, again, we thank you for ushering them in, and we thank you for them ushering us into another realm in you. Father, we thank you, Lord God, that the stagnation is over. We thank you, Lord God, that dead things are now coming back to life. I even heard the Lord said, I'm even going to cause you to go back and revisit some areas in your vision. And God said, as you revisit those areas, God said, I'm going to resurrect your vision, hallelujah, in a mighty and, and precious way. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So I guess I better get into the word. Amen. I I just want to really speak from a thought, um, a roadmap to my purpose, a roadmap to my purpose, because as you read my book, and I know you're all going to grab it, uh, as you read my book, um, it was a roadmap. It, was, it, it is a roadmap. Even today, it's, it's not over yet. Amen. It's, there's still so, so many realms and places that God is calling me to go. So as I was preparing for this day of ministry, um, the Lord showed me a, a map, a roadmap. I literally saw like the Google map. <laughs> and I said, God, what does this mean? He says that I have a destination for you and that destination is called purpose. He says, I have a destination for you, and that destination is purpose. And I said, ooh, that's exciting, God. So as I I go forth to minister, again, from the subject of roadmap to my purpose, I understand that when you look at a map, it's not always a straight shot to your destination. There's curves. There's hills. When you come to Pennsylvania, you got to go up (laughs) the mountain and then come back down into the valley. I understand that. And that became my life. A life of curves, a life of unexpected stops, uh, 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 some times where there were where uh, I hit some potholes <laughs> along the way, and I did not fully understand the whys behind it. And it's so it's it, it's crazy when you're trying to do what God's called you to do, but you don't. He doesn't always give you the fullness of what's around the corner. Amen. He doesn't always give us the fullness of what's what's what what, you, what is there to expect around the corner. Amen. So when my wife was driving this morning, praise God, I didn't know what to expect <laughs> as she flew around the corners. Amen. But I knew that she knew that there was a destination that we had to get to. And one thing I'm learning is that the best way to get to your destination or your purpose is if you just let God drive. Just let him drive. So one thing, can I say this? I had grew up in a, in a, in a place in my life where I, I grew up, as a rejected son, as a son that was rejected by by my father. And that totally crushed my identity. It distorted who God had called me to be because I longed for that love of a father. And because of that, again, I'm on a road, um, I took a pit stop (laughs) to somewhere that I don't feel, well, I do feel like it was a part of God's plan, not saying that God or, you know, that he said you're going to do this, but he, he allowed it. You know, God allows us to go through things so that he can teach us, hallelujah, what's next. So he can teach us some patience. He can teach us some long suffering. He can teach us all this stuff. So you say, well, wh- where was this pit stop? Well, again, anytime you have voids in your life, you are open to vulnerabilities. So I became very vulnerable and you say, well, what are you talking about? So as I grew up, I actually started preaching at the age of 14. I'm now 32. Amen. Started preaching at uh, 42. No, (laughs) not that old. Not not yet. I started preaching at 14. (laughs) I'm not that seasoned. Let me say it like that. I'm not as seasoned as you all. And I started preaching at a, a very small country church. Um, it was my home church, the church I grew up in. But God began to like do some things in my life that my church they couldn't get with. I began to speak in tongues. <laughs> I began to have visions. I began to prophesy. I began to do all this stuff to the point where my pastor pulled me in his office one Sunday. He said, "Minister, at that time I was a minister. Minister, you can't do that here. At 14 years old, you cannot do this." And I said, "Well, what? Why not?" I, I, we don't do that here. We don't believe that. We, there's no, there's no tongues anymore. There's no prophecy. All that has passed away when Jesus and his disciples rolled out. There is none of that. So I said, okay, but I still had voids. There were voids there. So I said, okay, I need something. I need a fulfillment. So I began to look for a church and I began to look for a church and look for a church. And I had to preach a revival at a Pentecostal church and it was beautiful because they accepted me. I was like, yes, finally, amen. I can prophesy, and they began to dance and shout when I would say, thus saith the Lord, and it was good, right? <laughs> it was good. But as time progressed, there was, some, there was something not quite right with the church. They had a form of godliness, but they denied the power within. And I said, God, what is going on? there were people, leaders, that were living compromised lives. They were living their lives in a compromise. And you say, well, how so? And this is where I become very transparent. Let me scan the room. Thank God all the children are gone. I, I connected with a church. I did not know that they were in deep homosexuality. I didn't know that there was sexual perversion there. I didn't know that there was control there. I did not know there was mani- manipulation there. I did not know because guess what? They looked the part. They looked like church. They looked like pureness. They, they only looked it. So I said, God, I must be home. This is the place. This is the place. And I began to minister, and doors open, and platforms opened, and large platforms began to open, even nationally open. So I was like, this must be the will of God. And what happened was, there's no way, Brother Ruben, there's no way that you can be around tainted people and you not yourself become tainted. So what happened, Dr. Melody, Mama Melody, was I I stuck with the crowd. Birds of a feather flock together. I don't have a song for that, but (laughs) I was really thinking on the way here, I was like, I gotta sing a song, just... (laughs) But birds of a feather flock together. So what began to happen was all those voids and vulnerabilities inside of me began to scream out and say, I need more. And there's this great woman, I think her name's Dr. Melody Hilton, that wrote a book about uprooting the shame in your life. And she began to talk about that upside down cup. I love that chapter. And in that, it talks about how you can pour out, pour out, pour out, but if the position of the recipient is upside down, you'll never be able to fill it. And what are you saying? I was that. That that reciprocal. I was that that container that was flipped upside down, unable to really receive what God had for me because I was looking for it in the wrong place. I was look, and you say, in the church? You yes, it happened in the church. So what happened was, and this is again transparency, I I did not know, and I connected with a young person, a young man, and I did not know what was gonna happen. And I went. And it was a church conference. And this is crazy how church conferences can turn out to be something else. Not here. Thank God. Hallelujah. I love regionals here. Hallelujah, Because there's pureness. <laughs> Hallelujah. But, but there was a person that exposed themselves to me and they began to do other things sexually to me. And because I had voids of vulnerability, I did not know what to do. And you say, why didn't you say stop? Why didn't you say, get off of me? Why didn't you? Because there were voids. And I said, okay, someone's giving me attention now. Someone's showing me love now. Someone is validating me. They're saying that I'm special. Wow. But really what they were doing was tainting my identity. And I was allowing my my identity to be tainted. So I went through a season, and it was a long, it felt like a long season, where I began to really fall into that lifestyle. I really fell into that homosexual lifestyle. Transparency. Do you know a year ago, I couldn't talk like this about it. (laughs) I could not talk about it. But I thank God for victory. I understand that the Bible says that we overcome by the word of our testimony and by the blood of the Lamb. If it wasn't for his blood... I would not be able to stand here and speak today. And if if it wasn't for the test, I would not have a testimony to now speak about the goodness of our God. Amen? So, keep moving. (laughs) Had to set that up for you. One thing that I understand, Ephesians 1 and 11 says, In whom also we have obtained an inheritance being predestined according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own. So you said, well, why did you say all that? And now you're going back to purpose. I don't know. No, I do know that despite what the roadmap took me or where it took me, God still said there's an inheritance for my son. So therefore, now I can stand here free, I can stand here delivered, I can stand here integrally and just speak that, there, that God has something designed, especially not just for me, but for all of us. But sometimes we have to, Pastor Katie, we have to go through, through the road map. If I could, can I be honest, if I could, I would have I made my own roadmap. map, And said that this is going to, it's going to start here and I'm going to get there and there's going to be no issues. But I also understand that if I never encountered issues, I could never really give a true testament of how good, good our God really is. And you say, well, how can you say he's good? The Bible says, I will bless the Lord at all times and that his praise will continually be in my mouth, even when I did not understand what was happening. I did not understand why I was rejected. I did not understand why people did things to me. And that I only gave you part of the story. There was other things that happened. I had bishops that came after me. <laughs> after me. And you can fill in the blanks however you want. You're probably right. But they came after me, and they wanted they wanted something. And that's why I said, God, what is really going on? Can I tell you, can I be very, again, transparent? I became suicidal in the midst of this roadmap. I became suicidal as a preacher. I became suicidal because no one knew what was really happening in my life. They only saw the glamour which I don't know who said ministry was glamorous, but, but they only saw me with my good suit on and, and preaching to thousands. They, they saw that, but they didn't see what was happening behind the scenes. They didn't un- even understand that actually what was happening, where the enemy meant for bad, God was actually causing a building of ministry, for real, for real, behind the scenes. Isn't it great? Isn't it awesome how Romans 8 28 says that all things work together for the good of those that are called according to his purpose even though it was bad it still turned out for the good Amen. amen so one thing I understand that voids led me into improper alignments improper alignments so when you think about an improper alignment what do you think about your car right you get in your car and if your alignment is out guess what you go off course you begin to shift to a realm or a place that you wasn't supposed to go. You're trying to go straight, but your car keeps going to the left. You need a new alignment. You need a new alignment. So I was was redirected in the the wrong way and aligned with not very well good relationships. And that's when I began to dance with wolves. I began to dance and people said, why did you come up with the subject dance with wolves? Like I said, a Pentecostal church, that's all we did was danced. And not only, and you say, well, you know, people laugh about that. But really what was happening was we were dancing around the obvious. We were dancing around the issues. We were dancing around all the stuff that was happening. If you dance, hallelujah, if you showed up and you, you know, put on a good mask, everybody thought everything was great and everything was grand. But it wasn't. There was stuff happening behind the scenes. Not to mention, I, 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 was, I was actually asked by a leader if they could take me shopping, could they buy me some of the greatest things if I would be their boy? This was a a, a pastor. <laughs> guess where we were at? About to walk into a service. And guess what? He preached. And the people got excited and the people and I said, uh, oh. that's when I was like, enough is enough. Enough is enough. So that brings me to now proper alignments. So I came to this place called ITC, came to this place called ITC, not, again, really not knowing what I was getting myself into. (laughs) Really, they didn't tell me everything, they just said, you got to go, there's something up there. Just get up there. I'm like, well, where's up there? Where are we going? Donna Scott, Michael Scott, uh, Lewis Dickens said, get in the car, we're going. I said, okay, let's go. And I get there, and I'm like, no. All I saw was (laughs) cornfields. I said, what is really happening here? No, Jesus, no, Jesus, no, Jesus. You know, I used to say, yes, Jesus, yes, Jesus. Now I'm like, no, Jesus, no, this is not, this can't be the will of God. Then they said, you can't have a cell phone. I said, whoa. Whoa ta ta. I began to speak in all kinds of different tongues and I said, hold up, wait a minute. I can't have my cell phone. No. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Then they said, you got to be disciplined and you got to act right. And you got to. I said, oh, Pastor Joel, what are these people smoking? Like I, I was like a little nervous because that's not the way that church was presented to me or ministry was presented to me. I was told you could pretty much I was told you can live any kind of way just as long as you get up on the stage on Sunday and do your job. That's all you need to do. That's a lie. That is such a lie. So anyways, I came here. And as Apostle Melody, that's I leaned over to Apostle Steve. I said, can she please? In all due respect, can she get out of my sermon? Because I was going to talk about the seeds and all that stuff. So she started talking about it. So I'll repeat it. So when I came here, I met our apostles. And again, it was tough for me, the discipline, the standards, the rules. I remember meeting Apostle Melody, I believe it was the first day. And when she met me, she, she's such a mama. And she began to speak and she saw some things right away that I didn't think anybody up here would ever see because guess what I was sh- ashamed and I was living in shame so I said like, I don't want nobody to know what I just came out of I don't want nobody to know anything and then this lady comes I love her she comes and she and, and actually I think we were in the dorms and she came and she was coming around just meeting everybody because she could tell I was kind of separating myself from people and I was just like looking like, what is happening? And they're like, this is your room. This is, I said, we got to sleep on bunk beds. And, you know, like, and she comes and she sits down and she begins just to speak. I didn't know what she was saying. I, I, I didn't get it at, the, at that time. But what she began to do was started to release seeds into my life of impartation. And I'm like, wow. And then time progressed. And then they said, you know what? You're going to meet with uh, Pastor Steve. And he, he has meetings in his office with individuals. And he'll pour into the young people. And I'm like, this is incredible, I think. Because <laughs> I'm not used to this. So it, it was good. But do you know what happened? She said, two months later, I, I, I left. I went home. And when I went home, guess what I did? I'm sure you probably know. I returned back to the place God, I believe, was trying to deliver me from. I returned back to that place. And he said, Why would you return back to the place where all this cray cray stuff was happening? At that time, I didn't know. I did know. I returned to the place that was comfortable. I returned back to the people that I was familiar with, whether good, bad, or indifferent. That I was very familiar with them. And then I began to study recently about a, a psychological issue that causes people that have been abused to return back to their abuser. And it's called Stockholm Syndrome. This is where a person that has been hurt and abused actually has a love in an intimacy for the person that was the abuser. So I had a love for the people and I felt like I had to be loyal to the people. And you don't know how many phone calls I received that you, you are the bishop's, uh, you're the apple of the bishop's eye and he's having a fit because you left and you've got to come back, and, you know. So they, they were trying to plant seeds too. That's why you <laughs> 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 yes. But I picked it back up, and that was the issue. <laughs> and, 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 and the funny thing was, not even probably a couple weeks with me being back, they all, had already called me and said, can you preach? Can you do this? In other words, can you showcase your gifts? What was happening was my gifts were being perverted. Not only was I living perverted, I, my gifts began to be perverted because the only, only thing I was good for was to preach. And to prophesy. Then they began to give me titles. Now you're the prophet of the house, and you're the chief prophet, and they started making up all this stuff. Why? To get me to stay there. One tactic that religious people use is they will promote you to keep you, to make you feel important. And guess what? When you have voice, you have vulnerability, you have all that, oh, I'm important. So guess what? I'm back on the platform. Now let me tell you what happened. Remember those seeds? So I get up that Sunday that they asked me to preach, and I go forth to preach. No, I didn't. No words would come out of my mouth. And I'm talking about, I guess at that point, you remember Kingdom, mother loved that church. I had a lot, Look, I almost said the name. That church had probably about 150, 200 people per service. So I had to preach a 745 service and then I had to turn around and preach a 1045 service. So the, both services are packed out. Well, I get to the first service <laughs> and I get up to preach and nothing would come out of my mouth. And I said, God, you can't do this to me, not right now. No, no, no. Like, they they want me to really preach today. And and, and everybody invited everybody. This is big. What are you doing? Nothing. But you know what began to happen? I began to weep inside to the point where it came out. Nothing would come out of me but a loud cry. And I was like, what is really going on (laughs) inside? I'm like, Lord, come on. I'm like, maybe it's the Holy Spirit. He's touching me. He's endowing me with something special, and I'm going to be powerful today. Er, no. And the, the, the pastor came up, and they, they embraced me, and, you know, and they, you know, they made it as if the Holy Spirit was just all so on me that I couldn't minister, and they sat me down. And what was happening was a couple days later, because I prayed. You know I did. Like, Lord, what, what just happened, Sister Amanda? What, what just happened to me? And God said, you were trying to fit yourself into a mold that I did not ordain for you to sit or fit into. He said, and if you continue, I will shut your mouth. I mean, it, it, when God talks to you like that, that's serious. He said, I will shut your mouth. And then do you know what else happened? Because I was prophetic. I could not hear anymore prophetically. It's like everything, my voice was gone, and now my hearing, now that's what I was known for in my region, was hearing prophetically. I was, what is going on? Those seeds that this man and this woman of God poured into me was saying, you got to realign yourself, get yourself back on track, and in a in, It was actually a couple years. Even after that, it was still a couple of years, yeah, before I reached back out. Do you know why it took me so long? Because, again, I was, Pastor Joel, I was ashamed. I was like, these people probably think I'm crazy. I'm schizophrenic. They go, you know, they're going to have all kinds of things to think. That's what I thought, And I picked up the phone. I called Apostle Melody. I shared with her things that were what were happening. I had got married, and God is good. We got children. She said, "Amen." And I said, "I feel like I'm supposed to be connected, but I don't know how. Then I really don't know how this is going to (laughs) work. But I'm supposed to be connected. Seeds of destiny were planted." And when I look at my leaders today, I know they're our leaders, but I'm being, you know, being selfish right now. My leaders, I recognize that they were my destiny links. They were my links to destiny. I, I don't want to get emotional, but they helped. They helped. Do you know how they helped? By showing pure love. Four years. Now, I'm used to When I join something, you know how this is, you're used to it, automatically preaching. And Apostle Melody and Apostle Steve said within their cells and probably to myself too, no preaching. Because we want to build something in you. Not only build something in you, we want you to see that we love you despite your gifts. Because everybody else loved me for my gifts. But they said, we love you, whether you're gifted or not. We still love you. And because of that, that's why I was bold enough to write this book. Do you know how many people said, don't write the book? Do you know how many people in my old circle that hit me up and said, you're crazy? Do you know how many people have even said, watch your back? Do you know how many people have even threatened me physically because of this? I was on a radio show, and the the radio host straight up said, you need security. I said, no, I don't. I have the Holy Spirit, because this was a part of that roadmap. It was already written out. It was already a part of God's plan. And I can't divert anymore, because I tried to divert from his plan before. And what did it do? It caused a (laughs) U-turn, Isn't that how God works? It calls a U-turn back to the proper alignment. Amen. So even though all along, Apostle Melody, I thought I was driving, God was still driving the car. And he made a U-turn and put me right back in Elizabethville, Pennsylvania, two hours from my home. And, I don't, and I'm saying that jokingly, but I honor this place. I so honor this place for accepting. Can I say it like this? And, and we, I know you all have, gr- most of you have grown up in this church, so you know the love in their hearts. But for them to take such a broken person, broken, broken, and still said, he's going to be fixed through God. He's going to be okay. There's still a great destiny. There's still a purpose on his life. That's amazing. Do you know how many people say, I don't have time to heal a broken person? I don't have time. You just need to figure it out yourself. I went to my pastor's back in the day when I was going through what I was going through, and I said, I need deliverance. I was straight up in my pastor's face. I got very just upset. I said, I don't want to be like this anymore. And their response was, well, what if God never delivers you? What are you going to do? In other words, accept where you are and just move on. That's not God. That's not the nature of our God. (laughs) Now, let me say this. Some people have asked me, if you could speak to the people that did what they did to you, what would you say to them? Now, because I'm in church. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) A couple years ago, to be honest, I was very upset. I was very hurt. I was angered. I, I probably, to be honest, I probably would curse them, cuss them, and everything else. And my wife would tell you I was a very vocal person at times when ticked off. <laughs> very vocal person. God has even given me grace in that. What would I say to them? I pray that you receive the same freedom that I received. What else would you say to them? Get delivered. Do you know why? Because there's other young men and other young women that will come after me. And I don't want them to experience what I experienced. You say, well, what else? You got to read the book to hear what else. (laughs) But there's a lot. Right, mom? There's a lot. But I understand that the roadmap to my purpose, it, God, he smoothed that thing out and it's good. It's good. Someone also asked me, would you ever go back and change what happened? And my response, people think I'm crazy, no. Because if I would change what happened, I would not have a voice to speak Effectively in this area. Amen? You don't understand how many inboxes, especially with this book coming out, how many Facebook messages, how many text messages. Oh my goodness, um, my pastor did the same thing to me. I never told anybody. I get this almost every day now. And I'm like, God, this had to happen. And it's okay that you chose to allow this to happen. I'm okay because I'm free. And because I'm free, I want to see other people free. Amen? Because I don't want to see people, and if they're dancing, I don't want to see them dancing with wolves. I want them to dance with Tracy. I want to see them dance with our apostles. Amen. I, I want to see them, you know, just totally free. So, just a couple more things, and I'm done. As I was really thinking about this, it's something that I really had to confront, and it was hard when you have to confront a spirit that you have yourself. Because God uses me in deliverance. And I love, honestly, I love casting out devils. I know it sounds crazy. But I love to confront demonic oppression, possession, whatever it is. But just recently, probably about, it wasn't even that long ago, maybe six to eight months ago, God said to me, "You, you still have a religious spirit. I said, well, God. I was connected with the right people. I thought I was doing right and blah, 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 blah. He said, but there's still some areas that I want to smooth out. I said, okay. He said, well, what about the religious spirit? What, what, what is this religious spirit? And he talked about showboating, <laughs> looking important. In other words, you're still not Humble said, God, that's how I felt. Like, really? Okay. Then you have people like Apostle Lewis. Y'all know him. Now, God has spoken to me. I'm like, Apostle Lewis, I don't need you to come back and confirm what God just spoke to me. I know. But Apostle Lewis is a mentor of mine, and, 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 and he would pick up stuff, pick up on stuff, and he would message me and say, Harold, I love you, but dot, 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 watch this. And I was like, okay, okay, I get it, I get it, I get it. And I began to let God really work on me privately. You know, just I, I let God break me so that he could mold me how he wanted me to be molded. This was just eight, six, eight months ago. I still had some tendencies from the old school, from the old realm of things. And God says, no, let me break it off. Let me break it off Totally so that you can be free. Do you, not, do you know even this outfit was rough for me probably six months ago because I was used to being suited up, I was used to wearing collars, I was used to wearing robes, uh, you, you know, because that's what they said you had to do it. What were they doing? They were dressing the outside but could care less about what was going on on the inside. Now I can come up and be me and I feel good being me because I recognize, If I'm me, God can be him through me. Amen? So now I can, you know, I I can just be me. So God broke it off. Thank you, Jesus. And I'm free. Amen? So what else do I have? I kind of touched on everything. From all of this, submitting to the process... Let me talk about that really fast. Submitting to the process, the deprogramming of yesterday, that was hard. That took time. Every time you thought you had it right, God would bring something back up and say, uh, you still got to work on that area. Uh, You still kind of look like those people that I delivered you from. That's scary when God begins to say, mm, go back. And I'm like, but God, I'm doing what you told me. Go back. Sometimes you have to endure the process. No, not sometimes. All the time. <laughs> endure the process. One thing, when I, when I first came back, Apostle Melody ministered a word to me, and, she, and we laugh about it. Often she says, you're the race car. You're that race car. You want to get in the car and just, shoo, and go to the next level in God, and go to the next destiny, the next platform, and the next place. But if you're too fast, you'll have to repeat some of those areas of the process. So I'm learning. I'm still in the race car. I'm just giving it a little bit of gas. <laughs> Every so often, I'll, but then I'll slow it back down so that I can make sure that God has really freed me from some areas. Because it's easy to fly over something, but it's, it's, it's a greater thing if you can confront the something in you. Amen? What am I saying? Because when I was around those people and I was around control, guess what? I became controlling. I became even, I pastored a church and I became a controlling pastor. You do this because I said it. You do this because I'm the pastor. You say you do this and you say this because I said to do it. That's not God. Let me say this. Y'all gonna laugh. I laugh today. I was 26, 25, 26, and that organization, remember I was saying they promote you, promote you, promote you. I was promoted to a bishop. I was a bishop. Bishop Harold. Isn't that crazy? And no, there's no age in God, and we understand that, but I was very immature in areas. So how are you going to be immature, but they're trying to give you a mature position. Because they did not care about that. They just wanted you to look the part again. Amen? So I had to strip the religious stuff off of me. And that's why another reason when I joined, came back to CI and came to Giving Light, I'm like, I don't know how this is going to (laughs) work. Because I'm just not used to this. But I'm, I'm so, oh, can I say it like this? See, now, if I, Rebecca, if I was in a Pentecostal church, I would like dance right now. (laughs) showing you nothing now i'm not doing that but i (laughs) but i recognize this but this is really where i be i really do shout and praise god because i recognize that if i would have stayed where i was i would probably not be here today whether i took myself out personally or they took me out i would not be here you must also recognize the lifestyle that I was in. I have friends that were in the same lifestyle, in the same organization that died of AIDS and HIV. Close people. And guess where they got it from? The leadership. I'm sorry. So I praise God because that was not my portion. I praise God because I am alive, and and not only am I alive, but God is alive in me, and because he is alive in me, I'm not, look, I'm not even nervous anymore to speak where God has brought me from. Each one of us have a story. Let me end like this. Each one of us have a story. Each one of us have been somewhere, and some of us are ashamed, even today, to say where God has brought us from. Why be ashamed if he's truly delivered you? Why be ashamed? So I don't, the roadmap of my destiny, really my destination of purpose is to speak where God has brought me from, for me to be that voice and that, that instrument of justice, for me to speak it, and guess what? Speak it when others don't even want me to speak it. You must still speak what God has done for you, amen? So speak your testimony and be bold in it. And guess what? This is one thing the Lord spoke to me. He said, and heaven is backing you all the way. Heaven is backing you all the way. So even though, guess what? Yes, there were connections that were cut off. That's probably a good thing. I've been rejected. Now I'm known as a renegade. I'm known as a rebellious person. I'm known as he's just crazy. He doesn't submit. He doesn't what? No, I don't submit to chaos. I used to, (laughs) but not anymore, because I saw the fullness of what God wanted for my life, and it doesn't look chaotic, and if it looks like it's chaos, it's not God, not saying I'm not going to go through something, because I still go through, hallelujah, but there's a different, uh, just like God just said, there's a new way, that I'm taking you because the old way, the Bible says that there's a way that seemeth right, but the end is destruction or the end is death. My old way was leading me to a destructive place. But my new way is saying now I'm causing you to sit in heavenly places. You, Come on. It's causing me to sit in heavenly places. And, and one thing I love with this, I'm done. One thing I love with this is not only am I in new places, but God has given a new authority in this place. Yea, yes, yes. God. I like your shirt. Yay, God. <laughs> Hallelujah. So Father, we bless you. We glorify you. Lord God, I thank you Lord God that your people were all on the road map of purpose. But we understand that despite what the enemy may bring, that there's no weapon that's formed against us your people that will be able to prosper. Father, we thank you for victory. Lord God, we thank you for just, uh, wow, we thank you for newness. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for life more abundantly. Father, we thank you that you're causing even new doors to open for your people. And these doors will be tied to that place, Lord God, that the enemy had tried to set up for them. Now they have victory in that area. So, Father, we thank you for new platforms for your people, new, uh, new, new places of influence for your people. Father, we glorify you today. And, Father, I just pray, my prayer today is that the people would not just had heard me today, but that they heard you through me today. And Father, that they would recognize like never before that healing and deliverance is still your children's bread. So Father, I bless you. I bless this ministry. Uh, I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Can I do one, one thing? Hallelujah. Um, Sam. Okay. Sam, uh, I had something for you uh, during worship, actually. And I saw you slip out. I said, oh, my God, is he leaving? Because I feel like I have something for him. But I, I, I heard the Lord say that you're also on a road, as we all are. And with this road, God said that he's causing you. Wow. He's causing you to get to a place you're back. You're actually about to make a pit stop, but it's a good pit stop. And within this pit stop, I heard the Holy Spirit said that he's mantling you. For the next place that he has for you, and I heard the Lord said that there's a dual anointing on your life. I see ministry and I see marketplace business. I see where He's called you, wow. I really sense a an executive. I really sense someone of an executive status. I see you. I literally saw you with a, a briefcase walking down like a long, a nice long corridor type place. But I see where God says not only is he a businessman and a ministry man, but God said that I've called him to be a wealthy man. And God said that I have laid up, hallelujah, so much inheritance for you. Hallelujah. That God says that you're gonna to begin to see it. How old are you now? 26, I see around even 32, you're going to begin to see just a new realm financially of wealth and increase that's coming over your life. And I heard the Father say, Because His heart is so turned to me in this hour, God says, I'm able to pour into Him like He's never had me pour into Him before. And it, and it reminds me of that book that I read years and years ago. It's called God Chasers. And I really felt like God said that you're in a season of really chasing after God. And God says, Yes, you're chasing after me, but as you're chasing after me, me, I'm actually chasing after you at the same time. And I heard God say that there's about to be an interception, hallelujah, in the spirit between you and God. And I just really feel, and I know this this is strange, but I really saw kind of like where you just jumped in daddy's arms, and God says, as you're jumping in my arms, God says, you're jumping into your next place. You're jumping into your next level. You're jumping in now into your next uh, uh, place of identity and purpose. And I even heard God say that you don't even have to be concerned any longer, even about like, kind of like what I said earlier about even the bad connections, because God said he's already begun to cut some things off and some people off. And God said, and what he's doing now is restoring and bringing the right people around you. And, and it's kind of like in a basketball game. I don't know why I all all this. But I saw where people, you know how people lift up the person at the end and they just kind of rejoice. I heard God said that he's bringing some people around you, some true brothers and, and sisters in the spirit that will lift you up and they will celebrate you and celebrate your voice like you've never been celebrated before. And I, I and i heard father say my son just prepare yourself because the time is not coming but the time is now and god says what what, what do you mean god says you understand the timing because i've been speaking to you over the last three months I've been really speaking to you about what i've called you to do so mm-mm. and i also see mission fields mission fields even for you. I see some new doors even in the missions realm that God is going to open up for you. So Father, I thank you for this son. Thank you for this. And I even heard the father say, thank you, Jesus. He said, I've even reset you in the spirit. God said, I'm resetting you even now in the mighty name of Jesus. So, Father, we thank you. We glorify you. We thank you for Sam. We thank you for his life. And I thank you, Lord God, for this great, wealthy man of God. And I even heard the Lord say, wow, I even see a revival center that you will lead. Years from now, I see you even just leading some type of revival fire center type thing. So, Father, we thank you, Lord God, for even that realm that you have called him to do in Jesus' name. Amen. As I was praying for him, I felt a shoulder. I don't know if there's someone here um, that's having some issues in their shoulder. Oh, wow. Okay. Hallelujah. I don't know how we're going to do this. Do me a favor, just lift your hands. Up. So Father, in the name of Jesus, was there anyone else on that side? Hallelujah. So, Father, we thank you now that you would even cause a healing to manifest even over these individuals. I may not be able to touch them, but you can. So, Father, we declare and decree, Lord God, that your fire, your healing power, your healing anointing would begin to, to touch that shoulder right now in the mighty name of Jesus. And I heard the Lord say for the person where it's kind of locked up on you, God said "There's, he's. it's as if he's greasing it with his anointing. He's freezing it with oil. So Father, we declare and decree freedom now in the mighty name of Jesus. We take authority. Amen and amen. For those individuals, how are we feeling? Good? Still the same? Where's your healing team? Can we just release a couple of them to pray for them really fast? Hallelujah. One, two, three. Hallelujah. Just come up. So Laura said hers is hers is good now. Hallelujah, Hallelujah, and 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 as we're praying, y- y'all can go ahead and start. But I also felt migraines, so I don't know who's been experiencing migraines. Pastor Katie, Amen. Are you the only one? She the only one? Your wife? Okay. She's not here because of a migraine, okay. (laughs) Hallelujah, hallelujah. Yeah, you can stand proxy for her. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. We have a few more moments. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So migraines. And then I heard something really fast. Um, There's some decisions that someone needs to make around business, business contracts, um, something around business. I don't know who that is. Amen. Tracy, anybody else around? I just felt that shoulder lock again. So let's keep praying, please, 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 please. Hallelujah. So, Father, we thank you even now for this woman of God. Lord God, we thank you for Tracy. Lord God, we thank you. God said, I've given you influence. And because I've given you influence, I'm also accompanying it with authority. So, God says, not only will you write the contracts, but I even heard God say, you're going to speak prophetically into the contracts. And God says, as you're speaking into those contracts, things are going to begin to smooth out. I don't know what that means, but even where there had been some, some stagnation or some resistance... It was kind of like a dam, like it was dammed up. God says, I'm now bringing a water. I'm bringing a water that is now free in this. And that water is my spirit. So Father says, even now, my daughter, prepare yourself because these contracts are now even going to begin to elevate you to a new level. I speak even promotion over your life in Jesus' name. Hallelujah.
1: Amen. Um, I really, oh, I like that banner. <laughs> um, I really uh, value the courage. And not just the courage of today, but the courage in private for many years. And uh, for Harold, but also Janice. Because remember, he was married with children during these seasons. And, and so there's a lot of courage going on in both of their lives through years. And I celebrate the good decisions they made. I celebrate that they did the difficult things. I celebrate that they so desired purpose and destiny and calling that they were willing to let go of the familiar to have God's best. And so I encourage you uh, to get his book. Uh, You will cry. It'll touch your heart. And it's a great resource, you know, a lot of people can scream spiritual abuse and they don't even know what spiritual abuse is. You know, you read this book and you know what spiritual abuse is. And a lot of times people scream it because they're not getting what they want, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but that's not at all it. It's when there is really an abuse of lives and a destruction of destiny and purpose. And so... Father, I just thank you and praise you, Lord God, that You are just taking all the seeds that have been planted. And Lord, whether individuals can relate to these things or not, Lord, I thank you that they will be able to even recognize those that are in difficult situations, Lord God, and they're going through their pain, they're going through the shame. And Lord God, that we would be a voice, that we would love people right where they are at, that we would be willing to make investments to see that people walk out destiny fulfillment and accomplish the purposes of God in their lives. So, Father God, I also pray uh, for even our children. And, Lord, I just thank you that they will be so secure in who they are in God that they would recognize a wolf from far off that they would not yield to those things that would be devaluing, that they would not yield to those things that would be destructive. And not just talking about church. It can be a friend at school. It could be a person in the community. Lord, I thank you that you are protecting our children from deception. And, you know, and I'll just say this, interrupt my prayer with this. You know, I'm, I'm very much involved in the whole sex trafficking thing. Most is not kidnapping. Most is coming with deception to pull people into something to where they can take and abuse these uh, individuals for the rest of their lives. But it starts out with deception. So, Father, I thank you that our children and our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren will not be deceived, but they will be uh, so connected and so accustomed to truth that they will recognize a lie every time. So, Father, I just speak blessing over our children, over our families, over our extended families, oh, even within the body of Christ. And, Father, we just thank you for this man and woman of God. We celebrate them and are so blessed they're a part of this house and this family in Jesus' name. Amen.